Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of CoCast. With me today is my co-host Rasmus. How are you today, Rasmus? Your voice is a bit scrawnier, I heard. Yeah, it's um, I'm a bit tired today, actually, uh, but I want us to to do this every week, so I'll just have to try and see if my thoughts come out coherently in what we're going to discuss. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love doing this. I'm, I'm really happy we've started doing this continuously. Uh, it's a fun kind of creative moment every week to just get together and, and, and sort of talk about uh, all the things uh, we think about uh, and have thought about for a long time. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, I've had a tremendous week, a lot of flow state moments happening both on and off work. It's been a really good week for me. Cool. Do you have anyone to share? Any moment to share? Um, I think uh, the, the the meeting I already shared yesterday with me and Henrik was an awesome uh, feeling of just uh, uh, having an eye opener of how much more we are aligned when we actually communicate uh, than than expected. Yeah, but, I thought that uh, was so... I, I thought that was pretty interesting actually, just because it was sort of like uh, almost like an illusion of misalignment. You know what I mean? It's like almost like, at least from my point of view, I'd sensed like a little bit of tension um, mm -hmm. because I think there was maybe, yeah, I mean, a, sort of a fear of misalignment. And then when you actually took the time to talk through, I, I mean, I wasn't in the meeting, but but from what you shared, that yeah. there was already alignment. It wasn't really that the communication solved the alignment. It was just the communication mm -hmm. sort of dissipated the, the illusion of misalignment. Yes. Yeah, it really highlights the importance of communication. All right, so today we have a new topic, which is that we want to talk about examples of when co-creation does not happen uh, easily. What are the problems with co-creation? Why is it so hard? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, I don't know. I mean, we obviously have that in our, in our company and Multiply as, as kind of the core universal problem right like why is creating or creating things is together is hard right it is hard and uh, so i'm happy about this topic uh, excited to hear what you think yes and uh, we talked about just before that we want to be um very practical about yeah. this and and highlight real world examples not only talk about it in a philosophical philosophical sense and so how about we just started off? One of us can go with uh, an example of when co-creation fell to the ground and, and made a mess instead of something beautiful. Sure. And I mean, I think that we also talked briefly about kind of like there are so many things that can go wrong, right? So, and, and we obviously tried to define uh, co-creation in our last episode, which which... You know, when you define terms, it's always a bit more philosophical. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm happy to dive into kind of one example. And it touches sort of on, I guess, ownership, leadership, that kind of dynamic. Um, because, because sort of the intention in co-creation, right, is that you and I can bring our best to the table for something we do together. Um, and obviously, for me to sort of contribute in a good way, I, I need some degree of freedom to operate within and and make decisions and not be sort of hindered um 
I think in my first company at Visa, um, we were. Um, um, I was at least for the for the first uh, significant time period, uh, both CEO and and head of product, and uh, and working with our small but but then growing and a bit larger uh, development team. And I think it was it was very kind of interesting how a dynamic happened where my intention was always to sort of delegate ownership, and then. I did that and then ended up, I mean, I was very, very inexperienced at that time leading uh, both product and companies, um, but like taking it back. So sort of like we deciding on doing something and then giving the autonomy to the development team to, to, to build it the way they thought were right. And then coming in and realizing that, wow, we made this really complicated and we built stuff that we really shouldn't be building. The one example was that we built our own kind of blogging CMS tool for the website, uh, which obviously wasn't really necessary because there were a bunch of good such ones, but but the development team sort of had the motto of uh, how hard can it be? Um, and uh, and which I understand, like, and then they wanted to build it in a certain way so it sort of fitted into to our, our uh, web platform and web product. Um, but then it sort of ended up with, with us doing that and falling into a kind of spending a lot of time on it um even though like the development team was stellar it was really really great people and the person leading it was also really really great one of my co-founders uh, but still we sort of ended up in an in a situation where um we decided we need something hey we need we need to have a proper blog platform with with a bunch of sort of acceptance criteria um and then in the implementation, the freedom of implementation phase, uh, the kind of the way we pursued it was was way too complicated, and we spent way too much time. So I, I sort of think it's quite interesting in that sense, like that um, co-creation actually needs quite clear boundaries with regards to ownership. And I think, like just reflecting on myself, there's probably there's probably like you know there's always several parties in 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 something going wrong usually. But from my point of view, I can I can see that the boundaries of um, of co-creation, the boundaries of delegating ownership there and and empowering leadership, uh, were not clear enough. For example, you know, time box kind of what's our what's what like how much are we actually willing to spend on this, uh, which could then have created better boundaries for for uh, for development, I think. But of course, it's not that easy. And but but that's sort of an example that comes to mind. Um, do you have anything like similar or do you have any reflection on, on, on that kind of situation? I can, I can reflect back just so I understand what you're saying that what went wrong in this situation was where, that, that there was not a clear communication on expectations. Like this is the, this is the time frame. This is what we, uh, this is the minimal feature set and we decide that upfront or we, we actually do the the shaping on that upfront instead it was just a iterative process that was prolonged forever yeah i mean not forever <laughs> luckily but yeah. a long time right yeah. it was it was yeah. uh, um so I, I'm, I'm not sure if that would have been the solution i can just see that the, the problem that sort of surfaced was that dynamic where you know i delegated ownership mm. and then sort of came in after a while and wasn't happy right and asked sort of yeah I guess the uh, the manager in the situation, right? Mm. 
sort of went in and and took back ownership in one sense, like got into the details yeah. and 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 uh, and removed that autonomy, uh, which was like not a tension that was good. Uh, and maybe I was wrong to do that anyhow. But I'm just like it's it's interesting how to sort of create the framework for for that kind of co-creation to happen mm. um, without that back and forth, you know, like where, where ownership is real and where ownership yeah. is not kind of because because if I give ownership and then take it back, then that basically means that the first ownership was not real. Right. I didn't really mm. give ownership. Um, yeah. And um, uh, I can I can uh, mirror by uh, an example from where when I was the CEO of Twingly, I I uh, had we had a, a multi year product development process where we we started off with a uh, um, thankfully a very very um, basic product that started giving us revenue and gave us a lot of runtime and longevity in the company and then we did product development on top of that and one specific example of, of when co-creation um, completely failed um, was at one time when we had a product idea to explore me and and uh, uh, the product manager at Twingly, um, uh, we started talking about communication inside organizations. And at that time, this was way back in 2008, probably. And Yammer was like the, it was a twit, a corporate Twitter. I don't know if Yammer is still around, but uh, it was an internal Twitter, uh, like microblog for organizations that had a quick, um, it, like 15 seconds of fame, um, more like probably 18 months of fame around that, around then. And, um, we were exploring since we were a social media company, we were exploring, are there similar tools, but like taking that idea of internal communication one step ahead. And we, we came up with a, um, um, a solution that was very similar to what, what Slack is today for good and bad. And it was so obvious to us, to, to me and, and, and Anton, my, my product manager, that this was a really great solution. And we wanted to allow the entire company to see that this could be a future product for Twingly, for, for the entire company. So we brought a team to an offsite at Gotland, a really super beautiful location at my co-founder's uh, then owned hotel, um, a beautiful stone building on the, on the countryside with the, with the ocean, just a kilometers walk away. And, um, and the entire, like that offsite event was really good apart from our attempt to co-create this product where the, the big failure was that we already had created the vision and we tried to, like, this is, and this is shameful to me to say, to, to share this because it's such an obvious failure. We came, we came in with a very firm idea after months of work of what the solution should be. Mm. And we, and our way of establishing trying to establish common ground with the rest of the team was to try to steer a co-creation process into yeah. that solution. Yeah. And it's such an obvious, obvious from the start, uh, failed attempt at co-creation. 
and we open up the floor to everybody's ideas and held workshops and people <laughs> had great ideas and we just realized oh shit what do we do now like they they have a, they have their own ideas what do we do <laughs> our attempt like to like our really like failed attempt to hide that we already high had an idea of what direction we wanted to go like that was still to this day i cannot talk about this without like having um, my entire body is blushing in how shameful this is that i just attempted to fake a co-creation yeah uh workshop to to like when a proper pitch would have done the job like we already had done uh the job of coming up with a pro product formulation just pitch that and then talk from there instead of faking a clean slate yeah that was that was a really big uh learner learning moment for me so and so and so the takeaway is really like if for true co-creation to happen everybody should bring everything they have like, available to the table they should bring their experience and their skills and their tools and their visions and dreams and hopes they they should not bring an agenda yeah to steer anyone else they should not like say think that they already have the solution that that becomes poisonous to co-creation I think it's interesting though because I I I really I think the example is is uh, is very interesting. I understand like what you mean because you sort of said, "Hey, we have a blank slate. Let's co-create something within I don't know internal messaging. I'm not sure like what the boundary was, but but the true boundary was much more narrow. Yeah. Uh, so actually, and I think this is like also with like ownership because you could have come in with the pitch and said, "Hey." Like this is this is something we believe a lot in. Let's let's yeah. look at it, and then the the frame could have been, hey, we're going to build this. How do we build it the best way? And that could have been yeah. the co-creation, right? So I think yes. it's it's a lot about the boundaries that if you don't, and I relate back to the example I give as well. If the boundaries are not real, like or 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 clear, so you say you give ownership for something where you're not actually, you know, where where ownership is actually not given. In this yeah. case, there wasn't, you didn't give the team ownership of what you wanted to build because that was already decided. Then that becomes, yeah. becomes fake. But it could have been co-creation within just a smaller part of that, right? Definitely, definitely. It was such a missed opportunity. Like the setting was so perfect to have a really great two days of co like pure co-creation in a state of flow. And we just ruined it with our hidden... Yeah, shamefully hidden agenda. <laughs> yeah, and probably not that hidden. Like usually, when you think <laughs> probably things are not hidden, that hidden at all, probably, it was probably pretty obvious. Probably pretty obvious from the start what was what the intention was. Yeah. So yes, there, 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 and and now when we talk about it, I realize that our examples are not that far apart. That it was a failure to to really delegate ownership. Yeah, right. and also, also clear clarity of which ownership do you delegate? You know, yeah. what, what is the boundary of co-creation? Because I think yeah, that... what is the, yeah, this the boundary and the starting point. Like, where mm -hmm. where are we right now? What yeah. is what are the fixed? What is fixed and what is open? Yeah, clarity on that. And that's actually something I think is is quite interesting. With like, there's a lot of good 
kind of books and and knowledge around um you know leadership and 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 transparency and i think like transparency around boundaries is so important for example you know if if in, if i go back to my example if i would have been clear hey we have this amount of time this is like let's agree on this plan and now you have to do like develop this within this frame right and then i would have potentially given co-creation within a clear frame of say time or scope or both um and i mean this is famous the software development you can't <laughs> you can't uh, fix uh, cost time and scope right uh, that's that's just impossible uh, but you, you get to pick two yeah max two <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> max two uh one you can definitely pick and, and hopefully two um so I think that's that's like, and I think that's why like transparency in terms of like you know, hey, this is the time we have, or this is the budget we have, or or these are the goals. Where I think you shouldn't try to co-create everything at once, right? So in one sense, you and Anton had already co-created the mm. um, the product to some extent, the product vision yes. at least, and the, maybe the product strategy uh, at least, whatever you had co-created it's much easier to fix that frame. And maybe, you know, there were fixed boundaries as well. Hey, we have to spend 80% of our time on, on Twingly core product. We only have mm. this much time to spend, or we only have this many people to spend, uh, you know, on this or this much money or whatever it is. Um, or maybe it was a first customer that would have been able to use it. I, I don't know, like what the fixed boundaries would have been in your example. But, but I think that's something where I at least feel I have other examples on that is that a misunderstanding of the boundary and like an overambition in how much you want to co-create, like what you want to co-create actually just renders co-creation completely useless. And this is like where it becomes kind of a hippie thing that, you know, you open up everything and then, then you co-create. Uh, and that's great if you have no frame for what result you want, you know, but if you have a fr frame, like a boundary for either what result you want or or limitations like of, of, of what resources you have or whatever like that, then I think being which, clear which on almost that always almost always exists in a yeah. in a corporate or a company setting. Yeah, yeah. Or even like in a you know in something private, you know, maybe have a fixed amount of time to yeah. to to put into it. I mean, you're at least a mm. fixed number of people. It's not an infinite number of people. So there's definitely mm. some <laughs> fixed resource in terms of time. Um, yeah. And, and they're all, so I think that's like, I think that's something that I hadn't really sort of thought about that much before. I mean, maybe previously, but not before we started talking today is kind of that ownership and boundaries are the same thing. Like ownership mm -hmm. needs boundaries. There is nothing such as like, um, complete co-creation or like, you know, perfect co-creation in terms of that there are, there are unlimited mm -hmm. degrees of freedom that are always, if you look at mathematically, you know. Uh, you have some fixed parameters to to navigate around or to operate mm. within. Mm. I also uh, it, what comes up in me now is an, is a different uh, kind of ownership as well, which is to own the problem. Once it once mm. the problem once the problem in co-creation has appeared, uh, if me and Anton after the first two hours of those two days when we started to realize that holy shit something is. This, how is this going to work? If we would just own that problem and said to the entire team, wow, we came into this with a completely wrong idea of what mm. was going to happen. Can we, can we just start over? Yeah. Or can we, like, where do we go from here? Just mm. sit down and have an honest, let's sit down mm. and have an honest 
discussion about what's happening here. Mm. We obviously uh, are trying to do something that will not work mm. and own that problem. And I wonder if, if do you have a sense in your in your example when you started realize that we need we haven't set the boundaries that were needed? Could you have instead of then coming in and taking back ownership? Is there a way you could have sort of asked to have the ownership back first and explained, or like, is there a different approach that could have solved the problem, even though the problem was already there? Yeah, I think, I think that comes back to boundaries, right? If you failed to establish boundaries, then you need to own that and, and reestablish boundaries so that it doesn't become taking back ownership, back ownership, it becomes clarifying ownership and therefore making it more real. Um, and I mean, when you do something together, you always learn things and so new boundaries surface. And, and I mean, if we take software development, it's not like a developer has perfect information before they start building something. It's really hard. Everyone knows that who's in the business uh, to, to time estimate anything. Um, so I think that comes back again to like, if you realize that boundaries are not clear enough or wrong, then that should be established. And uh, that's also why I think like, for example, what we've been doing recently in Multiply is, is actually establishing platform principles and product principles. Um, it's like a boundary and even like uh, process principles, such as uh, if there is something good solving this out there that we don't have to build ourselves, we should use it. That's like a principle that means that the first part of any project becomes to look at what's out there and is there any kind of API or third-party solution that we can use for this. Um, or or expertise. To bring expertise, in. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I think it's almost like, you know, to have co-creation, say, with, you know, a fixed group of people, like in a company, like in ours, then having principles becomes like an, a very, like, it's almost like an absolute frame. Then you can change them, of course, right, as you learn. But, but just having that absolute frame gives the boundaries for co-creation. Just as in a project, you know, deciding the boundaries of something we're going to do or in a role in, a com in an organization, why role descriptions are, you know, very helpful if you do them right in, in co-creation and where process can be very helpful in co-creation is because it's a frame. And that doesn't mean the frame is perfect, which we can get into. You may need, to, you probably need to update it continuously, uh, just like to, to more or less, um, depending on what, what kind of level the boundaries are on. But I think that's that's what I sort of, at least for me, comes up comes up as as a big learning that it is easy to miss establishing clear boundaries of ownership slash leadership, and therefore hindering co-creation or making co-creation fake. You know, and if something becomes fake, then people don't trust it. People don't like, you know, that's that's like, oh, I'm a leader. You know, if I'm a, we're both been CEOs a lot, like I'm a, I'm a CEO, which means I'm sort of, I don't know, in, in one sense above, like, you know, if I like if I say, oh, we're going to co-create this and then it's not real. I mean, people people shouldn't really trust what I say after that. Right. <laughs> um, so I think it, it's really become owning the mistake as a leader to set boundaries, re-establishing mm. boundaries and having a discussion around boundaries for co-creation slash ownership. Mm. There's a really excellent book. I think it's called Extreme Ownership about uh, the where where the author um, 
claims to at, at least to uh, rightfully portray an ownership culture which exists which in the w- within the navy seals mm. in, the, in the us where um, uh, there is a culture of uh, according again according to the author uh, of taking responsibility maybe it's even extreme responsibility or something mm. like which is the title of the book where I, I can put this in the notes later uh, where they have a culture of everyone in the team immediately standing up and taking ownership of mistakes mm. uh, that have been made which and and it's a such an extremely more positive way of initiating a di- discussion about what went wrong if two two person two people that have a learning opportunity both say i did something wrong no this was me doing something wrong yeah rather than say yeah. pointing the finger to the other person yeah it's such a much better even though maybe you end up in the same same way realizing yeah maybe maybe i did not have as much impact on this particular situation as initially tried to try to make it appear uh, then but then the starting point of ownership mm. is so much more positive than pointing the finger to, to others and said that was you um that's an interesting do, quote do, that do, comes yeah. to me like there's there's uh, this uh, historically enlightened person called atisha who says point all blame to yourself that's the starting point i think it was atisha at least uh, and and i think what's the interesting thing about that approach in co-creation and doing something together is like you say if i start if we start with that then usually we are blaming ourselves too much, which is good because then that surfaces and we don't have to carry that unnecessary weight because it's a it's it's a thing we do together, right? Yes. Um, but then also, like, it's interesting just coming back to kind of uh, this is a bit more philosophical, and I, I, I mentioned this in the first episode as well, uh, the the book Reinventing Organization by Frederick Lalu, which I come back to a lot, mm-hmm. and he has this yeah. term called evolutionary purpose. Which means that if you have a truly, like, this might be in theory, right? But if you have a truly co-creative organization, uh, he doesn't use co-creation, right? But he uses other other terms uh, that I think are very uh, synonymous. It's that even the purpose of what you're doing is up for discussion. Uh, even like even that is allowed to evolve, which might not be true at every stage, right? It's not like let's like you know. <laughs> Uh, let's not like you know you need to separate strategy and tactics some smart people think I think maybe it was the Nike founder who said this that you know you can't discuss strategy in every meeting uh, but but uh, if you're thinking like theoretically uh, at least in my view on a co-creative organization then even the purpose of it is up for discussion at some point you know in, in some situations even that is allowed to evolve uh, which I think is the ultimate boundary of doing something together is the purpose, the why of doing something together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if even that is allowed to evolve, then that is a truly kind of uh, co-creative organization. Which actually the example I, I think I gave in the first episode is why I'm, I'm I'm quite proud of how we've been building Multiply. That the kind of I mean I guess the purpose has stayed relatively, you know, on a very high level. Uh, relatively similar to to when we started out, but the actual kind of vision of the product and the company has evolved a lot and been a really co-creative uh, co-creative process. 
Yes. I think yeah. that's a great note to end this episode on. We've been sure. talking about boundaries and the importance of ownership, establishing a clear starting point and frame for co-creation. Do you have a reflection or conclusion to bring up before we close out? What came to me, I think, which is kind of the, um, not the flip side, but the other side of ownership, which is leadership. And I think this might be a, a different episode. A lot of people who have been exploring co-creation talk about self-leadership, you know, co-creation being a way to enable more leadership, not less. You know, it's not like a misunderstanding is, oh, we have no leaders, right? There's no leadership. Actually, co-creation is, is a, a frame um, where there's more leadership. And I think that's just something I, I think I would love us to explore in another episode because, of course, ownership is earned, in my opinion. And ownership is earned by leadership. And so I think that's like the, the two sides of this, especially since usually in an organization there's some level of decision-making hierarchy uh, mm -hmm. you know from the shareholders board and down you know some some on some in some way uh, and i just think that's um that's an interesting dynamic where the ultimate thing is that you know whoever is in the organization earns leadership and whoever has the ability can reward that leadership by or reciprocate that leadership by delegating ownership. So I think mm -hmm. that's like a really interesting dynamic that I, I think we should explore in another episode, but that I wanted to sort of mention now. Do you have any last reflections? Awesome. I, I think this um, notion of, of um, boundaries was really helpful for me to, to summarize uh, these points, working from both of our examples and, and look at what went wrong uh, was a good learning moment for me to, to reiterate that. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for, for, uh, uh, this conversation, Rasmus. Yeah. Thanks Martin. Looking and, forward to uh, next week. Yeah, me too. And thanks to our, all our listeners, uh, tune in for next episode about other problems in co-creation. <laughs>